0: Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of some boy's life, because we're talking movies, we're talking boyhood, starring Eller Coltrane, Patricia Arquette, and Ethan Hawke, written and directed by Richard Lackner. So Chris, I spent half my life acquiring all this shit, and now I'm spending half the second half getting rid of it.
1: You know... I actually almost didn't write a quote for this, just because this is like a, this is a pretty heavy movie, and I almost felt like it would kind of undercut the film to just have this like random quote. But I actually think I found one that makes a little bit of sense, considering both you and I are parents. We're gonna play a little game called the Game of Silence. Whoever can stay quiet for the longest period of time wins. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Linklater epic. I mean, you can't explain it really any other way. 2014, boyhood. Scott, do your thing. Take us away.
0: Listen, I'm, this is going to be the one time I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy that I get to go first because I'm going to assume there's going to be this long... Wait,
1: it, don't you always go first with your wife?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's all about me and you.
1: <laughs> but... It's a race. I win! Yay! <laughs> That's the but, most joyful. Uh, Actually, I'll be honest. Considering how heavy this movie is, like those those statements do not fit with the fucking show we're about to review. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, what I was gonna say is, I, I'm assuming there's gonna be a long fucking monologue from you. You're like not just like how it normally is, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's all gonna be about the runtime, uh, and you know how long this movie is. Which is what substantive. You're gonna, uh, it, so I'm assuming that's gonna take a while. So I'm glad I'm gonna fucking talk first. And I, I think just the sheer amount of commitment that went on in this production is fucking la- like legendary. Like I am still in awe that this film was produced and made for oh, 100%. the amount of time hundred percent. for the amount of time that it went right you're, thing, talking,
1: you're talking about, you're talking about like production schedule and like shooting schedule right right
0: like, in reality this movie was only shot for 45 days but it was shot from 2002 to 2013 right I've got,
1: I've got 2001 but i mean still like i mean over two three years kind of thing two
0: two three years it was 12
1: no, it was shot I have in my notes that it was shot from two thousand one to two thousand three. So over two two to three years. Not two times four or I don't know how you got twelve years out of that, but I know math's not your fucking strong suit, so Okay, let's let's just
0: you know, I'm not I'm not math, but let's let's let's, just let's do split this. the difference and we'll call let's it just, two and a half. Well, no, no, I'm just gonna bring it I'm just gonna bring it here. Um so the star of the movie, you know, LR Coltrane was seven when the movie first started filming and 19 when the movie finished so by my math 19 minus 7 is 12 are
1: are you sure they didn't have younger actors for the earlier scenes
0: it's the same people it's literally (laughs) the same cast over a 12 year span
1: uh you know what man like we're we're live uh we may want to we want to verify that because i'm not i'm not 100 sure about that fucking
0: statement that's the whole fucking this movie was gonna be called Twelve Years, but then wasn't because of Twelve Years a Slave. Oh shit, you know what? You're hundred percent right. That's fucking crazy. What fucking movie did you watch?
1: <laughs> you know, I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers. First off, by the way, uh we're recording this on Sunday late in the night and uh Chris. Actually, I think our entire production crew including Scott and I have already started drinking. So, this show may make fucking zero sense. I mean, I think that's going to be at least in the first uh example of Scott schooling me on notes. Uh so, cheers. Cheers to that, Scott.
0: <laughs> like all you had to do is put a one in front of your two, right? <laughs> but Touche. Yeah, like Touché. like lit- like in reality, yes. It was 45 days of shoot, but it was over a 12 year span where they would film two or three days over the 12 years. Like in terms of runtime, each 14 minutes of film is a year in in this kid's life. And in terms of script, right? it didn't really come with a full script, That's obviously. Right. Um, but what Richard did was he he had technically the story beats he wanted for each character. And then before refilming the next year, they would watch the year prior and kind of go on to that. Right. And then just kind of fill in the story here.
1: Well, and he took uh, a lot of input from the actors, which I mean, makes sense. It's pretty organic script. So anyway, go on.
0: Yeah. Like in terms of Ethan Hawke's character, like he based it on his father, like being a risk assessment, um, Person for an insurance, co- uh, insurance company, Patricia Arquette based her character off of her mom, who later on in years went back, got an education, and became like a psychiatrist. Fucking who is this like guy that.
1: doing his deep dive into the fucking film? Jesus, I'm not. I'm on a pod, so listen, the wrong podcast right now.
0: Listen, I. I don't it's always of sh- but it's, when you don't, I because, do. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good that we're team. uh team.
1: I mean, I guess that's why. It's because this is about a family. You were like, I got to fucking know everything about this. This is the most, this is the most family no, movie. No. It's it's a movie about family, but it's not a family movie. You know what I mean? No, like, in, in terms of what
0: got me interested and wanted to deep dive this is just in terms of this production, like, actually having – this 12 year span, like the amount of, like I said, the amount of commitment, like each actor had to commit because he couldn't, he couldn't sign these people on a contract for this movie because of the, the law in the States where you can only sign up somebody. I believe it's for seven years. Right. And this, so was he just had that faith double. that
1: they would be like, we would work around their schedule and that they would commit. Um, imagine like three quarters through this, Ethan Hawks could go fuck your hat. You're like you gotta like replace the dude with like three kids in a trench coat and like a bad mustache. Well,
0: if if you wanted if you wanted an example of that, that actually almost happened. Um, the girl who plays Samantha, like you mean sister, his daughter, his daughter. <laughs> she had a little halfway through she little, uh, this. She lost interest. Oh,
1: I thought it was because of her cocaine charge.
0: <laughs> no, no, she she lost interest in this halfway through filming, in which she was just like, just fucking kill me off. <laughs> right and then he's like no that's way too dark for the kind of story i'm trying to tell Listen, right you
1: either go have to, like, you go and be in my film and finish it
0: or no
1: college for you and you're out of the house like what is that fucking family dynamic dynamic in the link letter house look like you know what well, I mean?
0: if you if you think about it she's the one that like was begging him as a child to be in the film, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure he sat her down and like, hey, listen, like this is twelve years, like you have to commit kind of thing. It's not just Do a you like being rich? Do pan. you like living
1: in this big fucking house? That's right. Go be in Daddy's but, fucking movie. Yeah,
0: like like for me, that's what that's what's blow that's blown my mind with this film, right? Is just in terms of just the production itself, right? And I like how um the amount of commitment that had to be made but not just in terms of staff but like 12 years is a lot in terms of technology like he went with 35 millimeter film and he literally had to keep that going for 12 years yeah you too, can't right? like switch so the fucking way- i mean
1: you could i mean just, there's tech nerds out there that'd be like wow you know what you do is you take the film and then you like transpose it da-da. but i mean like you're not going to switch over right like you got to fucking keep shooting
0: yeah Exactly. So that's the thing, right? Like every little thing has to be like miraculously researched and detailed, right? Like in terms of what you start as them as kids in terms of their fashion senses, like you kind of have to keep that continuity going. So right? I actually, like what the amount of detail. One of the
1: things I really like about this film. So, I mean, I'm, we don't normally do like big summaries on the show, but essentially, like, you watch a family over 12 years like you watch like it you you will move from one scene to another and the children are now like five years older and stuff so it's just just to give the our, our listeners a bit of context um but what i really and that's go the, ahead go ahead
0: i was gonna say that's the thing that i like like this movie never really talked down to the audience that's right, right? like it wasn't it, it was never like oh here's 1992 oh now here's six 19, years like, later caption. and what
1: i love yeah. about the way they did that so first off it was with the music and the pop culture references right they pop just... culture references like you know he's playing a game boy well it's not a game boy it's a type of game boy and then he's playing an xbox right like the hairstyles change the music cues the music the musics right yeah. like you know what time period is because there's certain things that are happening or references to 9-11 or whatever but like you said they don't they don't tell the audience. They just give you the information, and they're like, "If you really care to know what time period it is, you can fucking look it up." Um, I mean, you really don't. Yeah, you know... go from their
0: cell phones. You have the old Motorola Razor Flip right. to all of a sudden that he's one of the first Facetimers with his dad, right? And it's all like staticky, not really working that well. And they make reference thing, to like, right? "Oh
1: well, you can send an email, so you know kind of like where your starting yeah. point is." And they don't even talk about the kids' ages that much. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, I'm 15 or I'm this and that. But like, it was, man, yeah, this film was really, really, really well done. And, you know, I just want to talk about, you know, so it's got, you know, obviously it's got a 97% from critics. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. It's got, well, I can't remember what we said about Mean Girls, its audience rating. This has an 80% audience. So the fucking people that went and watched this movie liked it but let's even talk about like the kind of numbers you seem to care about most of the time. They made this on $5 million budget. It did 58 fucking million dollars box office. Like that is amazing. This is like, I don't know. I don't want to call it an art film, although it is, it's kind of experimental. 100%. It's very indie. Yeah. Um, I mean, the note I gave myself is it's like, well, actually th- I'm going to segue into the sec. So my, my quote this week is from, uh, Chris, Nashawati from entertainment weekly. And he says like Michael apted in his seven up documentary series, which if you haven't seen the seven up series, it's super cool. I mean, it's a documentary and they do the same kind of thing. They follow people through it. Anyway, like Michael apted in his seven up documentary series, link letter makes you feel as if you're watching a photograph as it develops in a dark room. And the note I gave myself is or home movies. It's got a very cinema verite feeling like almost like, It's not documentary. You know, it's not documentary. It's, it's a drama. It's scripted, but you get this feeling of just like watching things happen. And like, you know, it's funny that, yeah, you would think that I would talk about pacing and it is long and it feels long, but I think that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think you can cut anything else because like, look, and this is going to be like one of these like philosophical fucking Zen Buddhist kind of statements. But I mean, like life is not drama all the time. Sometimes life is just normal. Sometimes life is just you talking with your parents in a kitchen over like a regular conversation. And this film has that, like I can't even imagine how much film they actually shot and then edited it down to this. Cause it feels seamless. Like it just, it's organic and it grows and it's fucking heavy. Um, yeah. Like this is a very serious movie without being serious it talks a lot about, it sh- It shows you a lot about life without telling you. It just is. And I, I know I'm not fucking saying a lot, and I'm not really selling this movie, but it's just got this gravitas weight to it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I think in terms of, okay, so the movie is titled Boyhood, right? But this movie could have been titled Fatherhood. This movie could have been titled Motherhood. Right. Like you have each person and in terms of the circle, everything's from uh, Mason Junior's POV point of 100%. view, like his his preferred uh, perf- right or whatever the fucking yeah, word point I was of view uh, perspective is. or whatever.
1: And yeah, they even and, and I, what I do just before you move on to that, they use POV in a great way, like they don't rely on it all the time. But, like, the camera angles, like, as the children are, when when they're younger and stuff like that, you get that power imbalance, right? Like, the adults, you're seeing, like, a true POV. The adults are much bigger and stuff like that. Or you see the way food is laid out and stuff. And that POV changes as they get older. And, like, you really get a sense of being inside the actor's skin. Or, sorry, the character's skin. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like, and what I got out of this is really, like, all we have in this life is this life right you have the choices and the moments you have so you can either be able to get seized by a moment or you can just let it pass you by i right? think i think and, the
1: line in, and actually fuck i can't believe i didn't use this as a quote it's like people keep talking about seizing the day but really or seizing the moment but really the moment
0: the moment seizes, seizes you. you yeah smoke my big bong <laughs> No, but here, here's the thing, right? Like, while watching this film, uh, like, my wife was watching it with me, and she's not into these kind of artistic movies, right? She she likes her rom-coms. She likes her straight comedies. Like, anything that kind of makes you think, unfortunately, she doesn't like, right? And the well, whole, I mean, she, she has to think me, a lot
1: every day about marrying you. So, I mean, that's a lot of thought process.
0: <laughs> yeah she was like fucking thank god it happened
1: thank god She was like we just fucking gets married. married Gets like
0: chopped up on the show she's like i'm married to a fucking podcaster listen our podcast is this movie it's so indie <laughs> like people don't even know but once they do know they're like fuck this is awesome right <laughs> but what i was gonna say is she asked me like what was the point of that movie and i couldn't answer it until the end Right. And, and the point is, like, this is life, right? Like, if you're if the next if this film had one last scene and it was literally Eller Colchain as an 80 year old man on his deathbed and you're literally just watching him relive his life in which it was the moment that made him and developed him and that made him be who he was, like, it would have made the same amount of sense as and, this, and actually right? i'm glad
1: they didn't because i think that would have been tacky and cheesy and like like i, I get where you're going but like man that, but yeah
0: if you think about that it cuts up, like when he go ahead, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say when he's moving out at the end right and his mom breaks down And saying like, you know, what do I have now? Like, all we have are these. We had these moments, and now the next moments, like my death. Yo, that's like
1: you just like jumped ahead forty years.
0: (laughs) Right, but if you think about it, like every everything that was chosen in terms of you saw, right, It, it was moments that made him right. The things that he remembers most. So, when that's why I think you never really saw him as a child when Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette were fighting. actually together we're fighting or anything. Right. Yeah.
1: Cause it's like the memory of a child only kind of kicks in at a certain point. Right.
0: Right. And the daughter who is older, but in real, in real life, they're only three months older, but um, she's like, that's all I remember was you guys constantly fighting out. Oh, man, that, that right? line was so and especially like because the dad's retort is like,
1: "Yeah, but what about camping and this?" And she's like, "No, I like I just remember, like, the, the fighting. fighting like that is such a That's powerful it. statement." You know what I mean? Like we could talk about like the sociological and psychological aspects of this film. Like, like I said, it's very very heavy. Uh, I mean, it did it did like I said it did it did well uh, f- financially. Like I said, fifty eight million. I I can't believe it did so great in uh in box office but i mean it got six oscar nominations unfortunately like whiplash and uh, a couple other like really big films you know
0: like bird Birdman, yeah the one that did better out.
1: at the oscars but patricia arquette got her an oscar for her uh like best supporting role uh it got five at bafta nods and two wins and i believe P- patricia arquette was one of those as well like it did really well and like you said like this is like not the kind of film you think was like people were going to like both critics and the audience was going to like it's two hours and 45 minutes long. And as I've already stated, it feels it like it's not, do not watch this movie to just be entertained because it is going to make you think it is going to. And, and I think no matter what your life is, like whether you had that kind of life or maybe your parents stay together all the time, like, they hit on so much of what, like you said, what life is, what family is, what, like, just what being a sibling is like, you know, your, your, your sibling wakes you up, throws a thing at you, you throw it back. The parents come in, the, the sister starts crying, just fucking blames it on. I have a sister. She made me do a podcast on fucking mean girls. Like she has done those things. I was also a tyrant brother. You know what I mean? Like, um, those kids, those kids are my nephews. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like. You know, decide say who's who in that thing. But if my sister watches this film and listens to this podcast, she's gonna know exactly who's who in the zoo on that. So like, it's so fucking real, man. It's such a real movie.
0: But do not want it. Yeah, and yeah. I think I was gonna say like, and like going back to that last scene when she's moving out you realize how much was skipped in terms of it. Like when she starts talking about, remember the time we thought you were dyslexic and you're like, that wasn't in the movie, right? Like you're going back to him as a kid and, and they're talking about all the other things that kind of went on in that family. Um, and it just like kind of skips over and you're like, it, like this this film does make you question. Like if I have to do, if I have to make a comparison, and I know this is probably going to get beef and people are going to call me stupid, but I would say I be one of them. this film, this film is this generation's Citizen Kane. That it's beautiful to look at. It has a story and it makes you question what you saw.
1: So other than I don't, I actually don't 100% disagree with you. The only thing that Citizen Kane has over this is the filmmaking techniques used in Citizen Kane. This doesn't do a lot of like really groundbreaking uh cinematography or whatever. Like it's 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 a pretty straightforward it does, it, linear format, uh shot like you said, shot on thirty five millimeter film, no crazy like lighting. No no, I get what you're
0: saying. Like in terms of in like terms the tech, of the, the tech side, right? right. But the only person that's going to do this again is Richard Licker. And if I, if I'm not mistaken, like, and I could be, I think his next movie is a 20 year span that he's right now shooting a film that is going to take 20 years to finish. Like, and if if this film was 12 years and he was fucking telling Ethan Hawke, like, if I die, you got to finish this movie. (laughs) right imagine whoever's in his next movie when he's telling that guy or that girl right well he works with ethan hawk a lot like so
1: this is and of course it was it was written directed yeah yeah yeah. written directed produced
0: um i think he only did two movies with ethan hawk
1: so he's first off he has an entire trilogy the um it's before sunset before sunrise and before midnight all three of those that's ethan hawk it's the same kind of thing he seems to like this kind of
0: like yes yes that, that is ethan hawk but at no point is that richard lick lickler
1: what are you talking about he fucking re- wrote produced and directed those oh i don't know if he produced it he wrote and directed the before oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. um but i mean it's also interesting that like so he but he also this is the same guy that did dazed and confused which is a fucking amazing movie and i understand ethan hawk is not in it um it,
0: yeah he was in that movie
1: ethan hawk is not in in dazed and confused yes he, oh
0: sorry he's in the Newton Boys. okay i, I so apologize scott scott I apologize. gets me
1: like at the beginning of the fucking show and in like three sentences i fucking cut his entrails out so are you not entertained, podcast listeners uh and he also did scanner darkly which is super fucking dark um <laughs> which uh i mean he's a he's a very interesting writer and director he he, he tends to write and direct a lot of his own stuff um he uh yeah like he did a fantastic job with this stuff like i said i mean the whole uh before sunset before sunrise i haven't seen all three so i don't want to comment on it but it actually i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note to myself when i'm done watching that trilogy it actually might be a perfect trilogy because the first two are very very good i haven't seen before midnight yet so um but you know what I noticed on this is that I thought was super interesting when I was watching her credits is that they used two directors of photography. There are two cinematographers on this, which I'm like, I don't know too many films that have two cinematographers working on it. And I don't know if it's because of the time frame. Maybe they're just like, I'm, I can't, I can't fucking commit to that shit. Um, so the first one is Lee Daniel, who again, so he worked with him. He's the cinematographer for Dazed and Confused. Uh, he did Before Sunset and Before Sunrise, but not before Midnight. And then you got Shane Kelly, who did a Scanner Darkly. So he's worked with both these people before. But have you seen a Scanner Darkly?
0: Uh, it's been a long
1: yeah long so time you know it's like I kind of like it. animated weird like yeah sup-
0: it's like motion cap and not yeah. motion yeah so
1: you got a cinematographer that does that in kelly but then you've got lee daniels who's like a traditional cinematographer and somehow i almost want to go i almost want to know like what fucking shots were done by who you know what i mean like like if i go back and watch this which i'm not going to right now because it's fucking long but like can I pick out? Can I pick out? Or like, were were they working simultaneously or did like, were they doing like pickup shots? Like how the fuck did you structure that artistic vision from your DOP? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like I think, and I think you're right. Like, I think it could be because of the time frame too. Right. Like I know if you think about it, while this was getting made what a year or two after, like when it first started year or two after that's when Patricia Arquette started in that medium show. Yep. Right. So she's filming that show. And I think each year she, her scenes were just literally filmed on the weekend. Right. Cause that was the only time she could actually come. Yeah, Cause TV's got a bit of it. Show. Like, I mean, other yeah.
1: than like when they're done shooting for the summer and stuff like that, like TV, depending on what kind of TV show you're shooting, it's like bang, 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 done next episode. Bang, 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 bang. bang right. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one, no one. Now my only complaint about this film is something to do with the plot, okay. and that is Patricia Arquette's um, journey. Like, her story points. Okay. Like, okay, so, leaves Ethan Hawke, because he... Well, they're
1: young. I think, I think they you, were just yeah. young, and it just didn't work out, right?
0: Young, and, and something to do with alcohol, too, because he he was kind of talking. Like, at the end, he starts talking, right? And this was the part I didn't like. And then she, the one guy came over and's like, "I'm not responsible for your mistakes, right?" So then she dumps him. They move to Houston. Marries. No, can, no, wait, wait. Marries her of professor, <laughs> right? And yep. and then he turns. Yeah, fuck oh, everybody. Way, like, this movie's super old. Like, there. if you haven't watched this movie. <laughs>
1: It's 2014 is not super old yeah. I'm not fucking but I game, would just say that Mary anyway, like, dates her Keep professor
0: going. and then marries him and then he yep. ends up being an alcoholic and beats her she then leaves and you never see the other two kids yep. again right so you have no idea what the fuck happened to those guys then she becomes a professor she dates her fucking student and then marries him and then
1: it's like, and tears to you, right? Mrs. Robinson. You know what I mean? He starts doing the younger guy thing. Yeah, starts Afghanistan. She, she
0: starts dating him. And then he ends up being a drunk alcoholic. But the the thing okay. I didn't like was when they have, sure. after Where, the son and Ethan have that conversation about um, him breaking up with his girlfriend, right? Because she fucked uh, a college guy, right? Where Ethan technically put, everything that bad that happened to that kid was the mom's fault for not sticking with him. And then the kid's like, so he goes, I turned into the person your mom wanted me to be 12 years, 10 years ago. It just took me time to do that. And if she had patience, he goes, who knows what would have happened. Maybe we could have all been one family. And then he goes, I wouldn't have to have dealt with all those abusive drunk guys. And he's like, shrugs his shoulder. Like, yeah. Like, how do you put that on the fucking mom? So, yes.
1: are your parents together?
0: Yeah. So, you what? don't know what the fuck How you're do you talking put about. it on the mom?
1: That's the type of shit. Because, buddy, that, that's what makes that movie so fucking real is because, like, parents in divorced relationships and stuff like that, that type of shit yeah, is. Yeah, but if you look at time, I, I... parents are always blaming. And they do it. No, no, and I I'm would gonna just fucking you show you right
0: down, right here, right now. They because didn't, like, like have that relationship close to the end where they're talking to each other and they're like, hey, I want to help you out. Okay, I want to help you out. Thank you for raising my kids the way you did. You did an awesome job. And then the next fucking scene's like, your mom makes stupid choices. But that's that's again, that's that's what gives it a
1: realism. Because like a character we can be written perfectly. People have flaws people are not like they they could be become great parents and still be fucking assholes they can be still drunks and drug addicts and stuff like that like that when i watched that i was like yep yep that's exactly how that type of thing goes down and and it's actually what it does is it shows it's like he's cleaned this up he's cleaned this up but like he's still human it gave it such a human element but i mean Go back to your perfect fucking life and what do you ask yourself in your beautiful house, you know, fucking talking heads. Uh, you don't know that band because you're young and you don't know all <laughs> cool indie mo- movies uh, or music. Um, what do yeah. you think of casting? I thought, I thought the I casting thought was perfect as well. I, thought, I like... thought it was great. Um, I mean, I, I really like Patricia Arquette. Uh, you, I mean, True Romance, we've talked about it mm-hmm. on our show. If you haven't heard her episode on True Romance, definitely go check it out uh you know david lynch's uh, lost highway we talked about Ed Wood. she was in Ed Wood. we talked about that on our uh, edward scissorhands episode have you seen the act yet the tv show the act it's a it's actually more no. like a limited series it's based on true events go watch it like it, it was one of those things where i'm like oh that looks fucking stupid it walks i watched the first episode fucking binge watched it it's based on true events it's basically uh based on this mom who convinces her daughter that she like needs, like, a stomach, like, she can't eat, that she needs to be in a wheelchair, and blah, blah, and it's all, I don't want to say it's bullshit, but, uh, yeah, and then there's a murder and some fucking crazy shit, uh, and Patricia Arquette plays the mom, it's fucking good, go watch it, it's called The Act with Patricia Arquette, go watch it, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon, but, I mean, go find it wherever you can find stuff. But, like, you get to see her range. She does a fantastic job. And it was great because I watched the act after we, I think, relatively close to when we did True Romance, where she's just playing, like, this hot sex bomb, you know, Tarantino character. And then you see, like, the evolution of the actor, right? Like, it was great to, like, kind of bookend those things. I would actually suggest not only bookending those two movies, but bookending this episode and our episode, on run, <laughs> oh, so you, you are so, it so good. Look at that <laughs> well, look shame look at with self promotion <laughs> in the old podcast. There, uh, what what do you think, of Ethan Hawke? Though is as an actor in general. Like, do you have any films that you uh, particularly? him uh, in? Oh,
0: well, not any of the before sunset stuff, because I'll be honest, I haven't watched any of those.
1: Just check them out, man. They're they're actually they're super cool. But we well, like relationships. Yeah, and stuff oh, like I like I the mean, purge. You like that type of thing, don't you? Yeah, he was good in the purge. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a everything <laughs> so. Like
0: anything that's good, you don't like. <laughs> anything that's like, oh, this is so auteur, You're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh Have you seen Sinister? <laughs> that was fucking good, and that's like the most scares ever. And sure. Sinister I'm to is think scary. Yeah. Fucking. What was the one? No, no. What was the one with? Um, right. I'm going
1: to lay out some Jude Law and oh. Uma. Yes. Okay. Gattaca. fucking amazing movie. Actually, I think Clint works with and Jude then Law quite a bit. The too. other one. Um,
0: it, it's literally so- a movie that gave me fucking nightmares, and it, I think it's like the scariest movie ever made. Alive okay it was based on the true story where it's like the rugby players and the pain crash in the mountains and then they end up fucking eating each other
1: (laughs) oh shit yes yes that's good the chilean rugby team or whatever and then they like eat each other's butts and stuff but yeah like like, a weird sex way but in like a cannibal way yeah
0: they yeah like they start fucking being cannibals to survive that uh, yeah I thought it was fucking scary as shit because I it, like anytime I, I'm on a plane, I see mountains. I'm like, Oh fuck. Am I going to have to eat a person? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just like look to your left and you look to your right. And you're like, as long as I'm not the biggest person in my seat, yeah. ride, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one getting the eating. Uh, uh, so you missed training yes. day.
0: Reality bites too. That one. Was yeah, good. that is
1: fantastic. Reality bites is good. I mean, that's early like Winona Ryder. We talked about it in our mm-hmm. episode. Uh,
0: yeah, he's the is main he guy. He's the main student. I'm
1: like, I don't think...
0: Oh, my mm, fucking God. I don't think so. He's in great I, expectation. Fucking, you okay, can I'm look at it. Oh, oh uh, Dead I Poets like by Robin Williams, Ethan Hawke. Okay. There we go. Okay.
1: That is a fantastic film. Uh, I mean, we're almost like three for three on this one. So films that I actually really like him in is... So he plays Chet Baker, one of my favorite j- early jazz musicians in Born to be Blue super gritty kind of indie film uh if you like jazz if you like kind of that like or like uh indie cinema definitely check out born to be blue uh he's plays uh a character in a film called uh, before the devil knows you're dead with uh philip seymour hoffman which again they it's fucking super dark super cool film though like again I, I love film with philip seymour hoffman so like r.i.p. to him um and then yeah we talked about training day and great expectations with i mean i think he dated uma or not he, he was, was married nine, to uh, her well i think he dated uma thurman but uh he was married to her um what's her when name I there, Goop. I don't think there what's the group chick's there. name granite paltrow yeah and uh great expectations uh and robert de niro's in it as well it's a great uh adaptation now, of the, the Shakespeare. i, I do film, have so one check out one piece uh, of trivia for you
0: yes do you know in this oh, film the beatles black album that's a real thing. Yep. He he actually made it for his That's daughter to help cope with his divorce from Uma Thurman.
1: I wanna watch that. I wanna listen to that fucking album. The stuff he's talking about having like the best of like Paul McCartney and the best of George Harrison and then like even the way the fucking playlist is laid up. I'm like, okay, can someone just fucking <laughs> make that album? Cause want wanna buy that album. Uh he's got like wings on there and anyway, whatever. Um, I mean, I think I've really said my piece on this. It's good. I think you should watch this film. I think you should watch it not to be entertained, but because I think it's going to be kind of like a carousel of life. Like it's, it's going to give you a real sense of like the philosophy of what it means to be alive and what it means to have relationships. It's, it's probably the deepest movie, like, Obviously we talked about slavery with antebellum and stuff like that. But again, that was like a a horror take on that. This is a very, very real film. So, uh, I would recommend people watch this. Um, if you want to think about something and you know what, even break it up into some sections. Like I said, it's almost three hours long. Maybe like, you know, you watch him, you know, here to here and he gets to a certain age, take a break, come back, watch it again because the way they shoot it, you can just pick this motherfucker up. Um, Otherwise I don't have anything else unless you do Scott.
0: And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com.
1: Well, I mean if Okay, you... from now on, you souls are only allowed to do com- films that you really care about, and you have to drink. And why? Was that a good show, or what? Oh, fucking awesome. <laughs> I've got like a page and a half of quotes here to pull uh, media bites out of. So, uh, <laughs> for, for, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's our producer talking to us, who uh, we, we, we've been recording like later on Sunday nights. Uh, none of us like doing this. Uh, all of us are drinking this episode uh, Our producer actually hates it Almost, I, he was saying earlier in the show That the, I don't know, Rod Why don't, why, why don't you tell us, when, when, if, in case the audience Can hear you, what did you think about recording On a Sunday night? Uh, it sucks, totally, because I really Have other things to do Like drink um, Away my, the cares of my life On Sunday night <laughs> And I gotta <laughs> fucking record this podcast As much as I love it It sucks to do it Sunday night so that's what we do. That's that's, that's the commitment we give. Uh, I mean, you saw that Scott and I were both drinking during the show. And according to our producer, that's actually the fucking magic potion. So. <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.